Hello, everybody. Uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, I I listen to podcasts when I go running in the morning, which doesn't happen so often, but it happens sometimes, and and it's quite a good distraction from the pain and suffering. Uh, so yeah, some of you listen to music. I listen to music sometimes as well, but uh, s- somehow I, I enjoy listening to a good podcast. So wherever you're at, maybe you should start exercising right now. You, you might be in the kitchen, you know, making a big mayonnaise sandwich. Uh, you might be better served uh, throwing it in the bin and uh, doing some push-ups or uh, running, or uh, cycling, or doing something which uh, prolongs your life while you're listening to uh, Red Oak Radio. Or perhaps you are listening to the podcast, uh, which is saved on the SoundCloud platform, Um, and there I call it Polished Arrow. Uh, Whoever you are, wherever you're at, it's good to have you with us this morning. Uh, We've got some exciting stuff happening at the Media Oaks. Uh, We uh, recently launched our spanking brand new website called uh, themediaoaks.com where we host a bunch of videos, inspirational videos, and uh, all our products, all our our Red Oak Radio is linked from there, our podcast service is linked from there, and as I said, a bunch of very inspiring videos which uh, I want to encourage you to have a look and check it out, and just uh, share, share with somebody. We're a community, so it's a good thing to share. And if it's, there's something upbuilding and edifying, uh, you can share, let's do that. Okay, so I spoke last week on the subject of revelation, and I touched on uh, daily walk, collecting manna. I touched on and the authority of, of living like a king and a queen. I explained to you it's the glory of God uh, to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to seek them out. And that process, that daily walk of gathering manna until you find some jewels, um, that process is a, is a beautiful, glorious process. And it's the glory of kings and queens to to seek it out, figure it out, and to run with whatever revelation you might discover. And I explained to you that Jesus was the ultimate manifestation um, of, of God the Father revealing himself through Jesus and through the life of Jesus in the same way um, God reveals himself through our lives in our, in our daily walk with people, um, People experience God, and even sometimes as we're, we're being that person where we are carrying God's life and where we are, in a way, revealing um, the revelation of who He is to people, um, we even um, understand some of those revelations for the first time as we're living them and sharing them. So if you missed last week, I want to encourage you, you can listen today, but uh, there's a there's a there's a platform uh, that I uh, worked through last week that I feel is very very important and I want to encourage you to go back on SoundCloud, just search for me there or search for the Media Oaks one word the Media Oaks and download. Right, let's move on. 
so I've got a couple of extra pointers today about Revelation that I think is important. Um, and uh, the first is uh, the following. Let me intro this perhaps by telling you about the recent addition uh, in our house. No, not another child. Um, it is a table tennis table that we uh, that a friend of mine who needed a place to store his table tennis table asked me could he store it in my garage and we're welcome to use it. So I, I was initially a bit um, hesitant because I hate storing stuff and I just throw them away. And I don't want to throw his table tennis table away. So I was hesitant, but eventually I said, all right. And uh, so over the Christmas holidays, I thought, well, let's put up a table tennis table in the house, which is quite a mission to find a spot where you can use it. We had to rearrange the house, uh, which we did. (laughs) So here's the thing. I play a decent game of table tennis for a non-sportsman. Uh, and the reason for this is because I grew up with a table tennis table in my house, and my sister, who isn't uh, necessarily very athletic either, also plays a surprisingly decent game of table tennis. Uh, the other day she visited, she and her husband visited, and, and, and uh, the two of us played a game, and Kareen couldn't believe how I played, and she couldn't believe how my sister played. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, so there's a there is some basic knowledge that I can impart some revelation about uh, about table tennis and how to play table tennis, and and anybody who knows anything will know that my little piece of revelation is hardly worth anything. But to my ten year old, my eight year old, and my five year old, the little bit that I know can actually. Uh, hugely impact them. So I did share for every day we played. I taught them. Well, what, here's what you need to do. You know, this is how you spin the ball. This is how you keep it on the table. And try this and try that. And, and I was very impressed that all three of my kids were actually very eager to learn and honestly tried to um, to apply what I was teaching them. And I have to say, my wife also eagerly applied some basic principles that I taught her and very soon she played some fantastic points that I had no answer to. Yeah, I have a smart wife. So here's the point I'm making, is that we need to stay childlike when it comes to revelation. What I mean by saying this is we need to stay teachable. We need to be eager and hungry to learn, uh, because there's nothing worse than imparting revelation or instruction or teaching to Mr. Know-it-all, because Mr. Know-it-all knows it already, uh, and it's just no fun teaching them. You know, I would just stop if any of my kids were like, I know that, I know that, I know that, and they weren't doing it anyway. Uh, you know, I would just stop teaching them. Or maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would continue, but I would feel like I want to stop. Um, but actually, they were all very eager to learn. And uh, Benjamin, when you know, when I every one of my children, when I taught them to ride a bike, uh, they were very eager. And you know, it was a fantastic experience. Me running next to them, trying to make sure they don't fall, and and they being eager to learn what I can teach them. 
But I find with God, we're sometimes also a bit arrogant. And we're also, you know, we, we don't realize we are that way, but we are a bit uh, Mr. Know-it-all or, Miss, or Mrs. Know-it-all. And um, and I think that's not fun for God, and I think he sometimes just stays silent. And God is quite good at staying silent. Uh, he, he can stay silent for 40 years. So I don't want to get there with God where he starts being silent because I am Mr. Know-it-all, and I, I'm not seeking out. I am not um, seeking the glory of seeking out. He conceals a matter, and I seek it out. I'm teachable. I want to learn. And as we're busy with introspection, you know, this is something that will that will you'll find yourself doing all across your life. If you're arrogant with people, you're probably arrogant with God. If you're teachable with people, you're probably teachable with God. And it may be good to dig deep and be honest and ask those questions. You know, how, how am I doing on this? All right, let's move over to number two. If we want God to connect with us as we we're collecting manna, as we we're searching out, looking for diamonds... Um, there's a, there's a question, there's an introductory question which I want to ask, and, and that is, are you obeying what you know already? If God has imparted some revelation about some issues in your life or whatever, and it's not happening, why should he give you more? That's a tough question. But if you think about it, will you invest money into something you see is going nowhere? Would you invest yourself into, uh, into a learner who's not applying anything you're saying? Why would you waste, that is the word, waste emotional energy and effort uh, on a subject that doesn't seem to care? And now you and I might say, but we do care. No, Lord, we do care, but we don't do. And I always say to people, you know, what you say is, is, is all good, you know, but what you do is what counts. It's behavioral change that amounts to something. You know, if, if, if a husband or wife are having a brawl and, you know, one's angry at the other and the other one says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, the I'm sorry is fine, but if nothing changes in terms of behavior in the time to come, then then what's the point of saying I'm sorry? I'm so, you say sorry again. Oh, I'm so sorry again, you know. Okay, I hear that you're sorry, but is this going to change? Are we going to put some effort in to, to bring about life change? And now you might be saying, oh, well, wait, Flash, we were busy talking about, you know, imparting and revelation, and now you're, yes, I know, but, but God imparts revelation, and that should amount to some sort of behavioral actions. And if it doesn't, then what's the point? Now, now there are some people who are very excited about God revealing things to them, you know, and often share what God shares and what God reveals, and... Uh, and then I don't necessarily see that impact and that life change that should go 
alongside those revelations. And it makes me sort of raise my eyebrows and wonder and question uh, the revelation. I mean, the biggest revelation uh, in the history of mankind is the revelation of God's love that, uh, that was manifested through Jesus and through his interaction with people. Um, and if that doesn't bring about life change, then you're not experiencing that revelation. Then you haven't understood that revelation. If if that love is not present in your life, there's a primary revelation um, that has brought about no life change, really. And uh, you know and that may be right where you parked, and you're not moving forward, and you're wondering why. But there's a primary revelation that is not bringing about obedience in your life. And where there's no love, I question, is there a God of love present if there's no love in this person's life? And obviously we are not perfect, so there are places and there are times when, that when we fail and when you look at yourself and you think, oh my goodness, look, look what I've done. But then you pick up your head and you say, but what's the truth? And you know, this God that lives inside of me is a God of love, so let's allow him to be and and let's allow him to change my heart and, and thereby change my actions. Now, love is just one example of many, many, many other revelations that God gives. But um, if obedience is not resulting out of him giving revelation, and obedience sounds such a legal word. Don't hear this legally. It's, it's an obedience because I want to. You know, if I impart certain revelation to my children about what's good and healthy for them and they they listen to what I'm saying, it's not a legal thing. It's it's heeding to advice because I want to mature and I want to grow. Okay, that's enough, I think. I think I've made my point. So, can you move on to the next one? I want to encourage you to understand the importance of faith. Because revelation, without the faith to handle that revelation, won't necessarily bring you far. When God gave Paul a huge revelation about his change of focus in his life and his ministry and his objectives, uh, that needed some faith to run with that. God imparted to Peter about the Gentiles being as important as the Jews and that the message of God's love and salvation is for all people that needed some faith to run with. There are many examples when God spoke to Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh. And these are all like gigantic revelations I'm talking about now, just to make the point. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's just go love that person. But whatever it may be that God is revealing to you and through you, if it's not accompanied by faith, by a, a faith that this God that we don't see is real, that this message that is too good to be true, a message of love and, and grace, if there's no faith that accompanies this, then you probably won't convey this or live this uh, revelation in the authority that you should. Remember, let's go back to kings and queens. Um a king and a queen who operates and reigns in authority 
cannot one moment doubt the authority that he's carrying. And the belief that this authority amounts to something, and therefore people uh, will heed to what he's saying. Remember, the true authority that accompanies your uh, royal position, your position as a king or a queen, as a uh, somebody who reigns in authority, the true authority doesn't lie in you saying, hey, I'm a queen, or hey, God says, that gives me authority, God says. Your true authority is because you truly believe and you're, you're connected with the God who reveals and, and you believe it and it's just part of your DNA. That is true authority. And that brings us back to your level of faith and we need to grow in faith. We need to grow in faith. Faith at home. Faith in the workplace. Faith at school, if you're still at school or at university, wherever you're operating, wherever you live your life. Now remember, faith is to operate and to act even though you don't see. It takes broad shoulders to have faith. Faith is not blindly jumping off a cliff. But faith is still moving forward step by step even though you don't see. Faith is walking through the fog you only your light only shows a couple of steps ahead but you know this is the direction and you trust that now when i'm talking this way it, it sounds as if all these faith related and revelation related things are similar to paul's revelation and peter's revelation but i want to reiterate that most of what i'm actually talking about has more got to do with collecting manner and your daily walk and your daily operations and smaller things, smaller smaller acts of obedience and smaller acts of faith. Um, but it's a, it's a continuous, it's being rooted into the stream, into the water, which, where the tree gets its roots. It's, it's that being rooted in. Um, and, and, and having faith is part of being rooted in that eventually on a long term allows this tree to flourish and to become a fantastic anchor and, and pillar uh, in your community, in your society, in your circle of influence. So let's wrap up where we're tracking at this point. We said today that uh, we want to be childlike, eager to learn from God. We said we want to obey what he's revealed up to this point. Otherwise, why would, he have, why would he reveal more? And we've said that we need faith to run, to walk uh, ahead, forward, with whatever God is revealing at this point in your life. And then I want to give one final point, and that is the importance of being a friend of God. And I've got a scripture for this, John fifteen fifteen. No longer do I call you servants, Jesus said. Uh, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Here's again that, that same thing. He's receiving revelation from his father and he's making that known to those in the circle around of him. And, and that process... Uh, is is embedded in a process of intimacy and friendship. It's a difficult concept for us to understand that we can actually be friends with God. It's an odd concept. Um, it's the concept of being intimate 
with God that in so many religions is just uh, uh, absolutely impossible. But the God that we love and the God that loves us is a God of intimacy. And it's it's a difficult concept for many of us. We have different personalities and for some it's very easy to grasp and to enter into a place of intimacy with God. And for some it's 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 more difficult. But I, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you by saying, remember, we're all different. So intimacy for one person may mean, you know, being on your knees and crying and weeping. Like David, we'll talk about David in a minute. Uh, but intimacy for you might be just sitting on your chair and absorbing and, you know, thinking and connecting with God. So, but, but the, the, the question is, is there a true connection happening? Is there really a you and God thing um, that is central in your life? Because that is important. And, and Jesus made the point that he reveals these beautiful glorious diamonds, these revelations that he gets from his father, he reveals that to the disciples because they have become his friends. And that has happened through a process of living together for three years. Intimacy is cultivated over time. Think of, just think of you and, and, and friends that you have on earth and how you've become closer to certain friends and actually moved away from others. But that's all good, because it's, it's life. But as you've grown closer to some new friends, you, your relationship has become more intimate. It's nothing forced, and it's nothing overnight. So I want to encourage you to be at that place with your relationship with God. And if, if you're not there, to slowly allow yourself to get there. Uh, slowly allow yourself to get to know and get to understand the heart of God. And it's, a, a again, a daily process. Let's go back to the disciples and Jesus together every day. That's how intimacy is cultivated. Um, collecting manna every day, being connecting with God every day. Um, and a true, honest connection, more than just a, a brief um, contemplating a verse, you know, it's allowing God to really touch with his fingers there where it hurts. Um, and that also takes time. Jesus actually touched people physically when he healed them. Often he did it. And I have a whole teaching on that, how Jesus, you know, he, he literally touches us sometimes. That's also a very intimate thing. Touch is a very intimate thing. But if we allow God, he will touch even on those sick and sensitive areas. And he wants to, he wants healing and restoration in our lives. But that happens by allowing him close and allowing him to touch. And that takes some effort. And you might just be listening to me and thinking, oh, how, how? You know, I, I can't tell you exactly how because he's different with each one of us. Because he understands us. But he, he knows you, and he knows how you operate, and you just need to be yourself. Like David, he was a unique personality. He was emotionally laden. You know, he was extreme. You know, he did great things, and he failed uh, 
fantastically. Um, and, and exactly how he was, his personality, his makeup, you know, God accepted him and eventually called him a man after his heart. You don't have to be like David. You don't have to burst out in tears about this and that. You just be yourself. That's the thing that we should learn from David and allow God to be intimate with us and allow us to be intimate with him, which is a challenge for many. Uh, It's allowing him close in your life. And we can go back to the things I've mentioned already, obeying and having faith and, and whatever. Allow those things in your life because those things are part and parcel of someone's life, someone who is intimate with God, someone who can actually be called a friend of God. And I would like to be called a friend of God. I would like God to call me his friend. Yes, we, we can do hectic name dropping with when we meet these important people, celebrity people, you know, I met so-and-so the other day, you know, as if you're his friend, but you're not really. Um, but if you are actually his friend, you know, you say, you know, uh, when I was hanging out with um, uh, CEO so-and-so the other day, it's it's... <sighs> It's quite special when you're friends with some important people. It's even more special when you can be called a friend of God. And you and I, we each need to figure it out. You need to figure it out. How do you become a better friend of God? Just as you are. Because he's there. He wants to be your friend. Remember why I'm saying this whole friend thing is we're talking about revelation. And we said that God reveals and he shares his secrets, his intimate things with you if you are his friend. That was Jesus' point when he said, I'm sharing things that I got from my father with you because you are my friends. Okay, let's wrap it up. Be childlike, be willing to learn, eager to learn. Be obedient to what God has already told you, then I'll give you more. Understand the importance of faith, to walk forward in faith with whatever God is revealing to you. Become a friend of God. I want to close with Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. From God's side, there's no issue that the word that he gives will bring forth fruit. It's one of the driest, driest years in South Africa, or it was the last year, and then the rain eventually came. I was recently on a farm. Uh, friends of mine have a farm there in Delmas, and you can go look at the pictures on my Facebook of record harvests. Beautiful. Or their best their best year in so many years. And it was just after a very dry season. But there is life. And I want to encourage you that God's word that goes out from his mouth, will not return empty or void. It will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent that word. That word, that revelation, that secret, 
could bring forth record crops, record harvest, even though it's been your driest year. But you've got to believe it. You've got to get your expectation there. That's what I say to those former friends of mine. I take my hat off to you and it's so dry and you've got to keep believing because you can do nothing else. But God's word wants to bring forth life. You should not give up. Maybe you haven't tasted God's word for such a long period in your life. There could be many reasons. It might be you might be part of the reason, or it may be a reason you don't understand. It's a God thing and you don't understand it. But you've got to keep looking out for that word. And waiting and hoping and having faith and expecting a harvest. Because our Father who's in heaven wants to be good to us, to you. But what do you want? Do you actually want something you need to want something you need to experience and to know if it's dry inside of you and then you need to thirst i trust and i pray my friend that um that god will meet you in such a special way that he will reveal more of himself that will bring forth life in your spirit and that you would reign as you walk this earth. What a privilege. Thank you. Goodbye.